today on the Scott Radley Show on AM 900 CHML. If you're not listening to 900 CHML, and I know that most of you we've by now encouraged to snap the dial off your radio so you have no choice but to listen to (laughs) 900 CHML. If you're not... In the morning, especially, you're probably listening to Y108 to the morning show there with Ben and Shauna and Chris, which is Hamilton's best morning show. I guess we should probably not tell that to the folks next door. Yeah, don't tell the freshies that. But um, Ben McVee, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks for having me. Wanting to have you in here for a long time, and it's finally worked out. Yeah, and you come in on the most Hamilton of days possible today. You know what today would have been? Today would have been Tim Horton's 87th birthday. No kidding. Yep. This I did not know. And you know what, Tim Horton, Tim is not his first name. Did you know that? That I did know, but I, first name. Miles is his real first name. And I'm thinking, as I was seeing this today, I thought, how different would our conversation around the city be if he hadn't gone with Tim? I'm going to Miles's I'm going to Miles's. I'm having some Miles bits. Yeah, yeah. Which actually sounds anatomically (laughs) disturbing. (laughs) It does, you're right. (laughs) I'm not sure. I think Tim was probably a wise business move, if nothing else. Probably. And you know what I couldn't find out today? I could find out nowhere as I was looking this up why he was actually called Tim because it's Miles Gilbert Horton. There's no Tim. Now, his both grandparents, grandfathers, I guess, were Tim. But right. in his name, there's no Tim. Well, John Wayne's first name was Marion. That's true. So, I mean, I, I, I think if, if you've got one of those obscure male names, particularly in that generation, you just go with something that sounds like a fist. <laughs> Tim sounds like a fist. It sounds, it, it's, it's got more of a harder edge, I guess, than right. Miles. Exactly. And if you're a hockey player, you want something that sounds... But he got this long before he was a hockey player. But again, I look back and I go, his grandmother, who was the one who started calling him this when it caught on, apparently. Right. She must have had some sort of vision that someday down the road, we don't want to be eating at Milesy's. No, exactly. Uh, yeah. And Miles Horton doesn't exactly sound like Cal Clutterbuck, which is the most <laughs> hockey sounding name of all time, by the way. Yeah, there's a bunch, but yeah, that would be right up there. <laughs> top that would be anyway. right up there for sure. Uh, also, also today, mm. you are on a rock station. What was the debut album that came out? What band put out their debut album on this day in 1969? One of the biggest rock bands of all time. Led Zeppelin. There you go. There you go. Led Zeppelin. You got the Motorhead shirt on, not the Zeppelin shirt, but... Uh, yeah, well, no, I, I went Motorhead today because uh, they were, th- were going to do a, a, a tribute concert for Lemmy, and then uh, an hour later, another original founding member of the I band saw passed away, so I don't know if that's going to happen. So I thought I'd go Motorhead today. You uh, you were telling me before the show started that you guys had taken, I don't want to say a pass, you had danced around a little bit this morning on the show, the uh, the Donald Trump word of the day. Yes. Uh, this will not be one of the Sesame Street words of the day, I'm guessing, or one of the letters or numbers. I'm thinking of that when I saw this today, uh, obviously it's going to stir up reaction from people and people are saying it's racist and blah, blah, blah. I got to believe, though, that at least part of the media response to this has to do with the fact that for the first time they have been given permission to say a bad word on the air because, my goodness, I've they are saying it. No one's saying, oh, he said a bad word. Right. Uh, I, this is a chance to say bad words on the air. I've never received an email. I, I've been doing this for 20 years now. I've never received an email from on high that said it's okay to say that this word. word. I didn't if get that email, so... <laughs> yeah, no, there was an email circulating around that came from, I mean, from Global News and from the general manager here at Chorus Radio Hamilton. It, here's how we treat this. Any questions, feel free to ask. 
by the time we got to it and by the time we're here in my mind there's now there's no need to say it because it's so well known um as a reaction when it happened when it was reported i can sort of understand why it was said on the air and why it was printed i get that but now it's is a member of the as a member of the media and looking at or at fellow members of the media i think now you're just saying it because I can see it. There's a montage online right now that you can find. It's mm. on YouTube or wherever. Just from last night and just from CNN. Uh, and it's about 30 seconds long. Just bloop, bloop, bloop. I'm not saying the word, but they're saying the word. It was, we get a free pass to say a bad word on the air. We're not passing this one up. We never get to do this. Well, and CNN has an adversarial relationship with uh, Donald Trump? I had no idea. No, hardly. Hardly. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was he was their biggest fan. Right. Uh, no, I, I've, I've, been, I've been a little puzzled by, not puzzled, I've been a little curious by this today because if he had referred to these places as dumps, let's yep. say, which would still have been insulting and still have had been problematic, I'm not sure that all the people would have said the word dump over and over. And over and over and over. Not a chance. I, I don't think it would have been as impactful. And, uh, you know. Uh, or some other word. Choose another one. That, but, say, yeah. But he happened Garbage to Garbage heap, dump, yeah. whatever you want. But the fact that he did say that word definitely. Well, because sensationalism is so much a part of this presidency. Um, so when somebody says that in an official meeting in a place that is held in such high regard as the Oval Office and you're the president <laughs> of the United States and you happen to be a guy who has said grab her by the P word and all the rest of it, it just it adds on to the pile. And, and the, the, I think the media has a responsibility in my mind to report the fact that he said that. However, you say it once, this is what he said, and then you're done. And we got to go to break, but yeah. is it is it a little rich for some of the Democrats to be as outraged that this was said in the Oval Office when they seem to not be as upset when Monica Lewinsky was doing other things in the Oval Office? Well, I guess we got to take a break, right? we got to take a break, yeah. but it is a... Um, Politics is a strange thing, what it you're is. willing to look at and be upset about and overlook and on and on. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. Obviously, if Donald Trump said what he said, and there's n- not real reason not to think that he said it, it's fair to for people to look at this and say, yeah, I'm outraged by this and I'm offended and he said this horrible thing in the Oval Office and blah, blah, blah. And I think we can all say, yeah, you know, those things shouldn't be done there, but as I said just before the break, the other party several years ago was able to take a pass or to overlook when Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton were doing some inappropriate things in the Oval Office. And that was, it seems to me, Ben, the point of this is we are outraged by what we want to be outraged by. And in politics, you are seemingly only outraged if the bad behavior is done by someone with a different political bent. If it's someone in your party, which side doesn't matter of the political spectrum you're on, I can overlook that. There's an excuse for that. Right. This is, uh, to me, uh, what's happened in in, in Western democracy and Western democratic politics, partisanship has completely ruined it. Um, uh, Where, uh, you know, uh, the Lewinsky thing, well, everybody on the right was outraged by that and donald trump says what he said allegedly and probably uh, everyone on the left is upset and there there's no middle ground uh, there's no there's middle a very ground. small undetermined or independent group that doesn't have an affiliation everyone's one or the right. other 
Right. And, and I mean, I, I, I think you'd be hard pressed uh, to find a, uh, a Democrat president in the past who has not said something simple, uh, similar. Um, but the, the way and the media does play into this, uh, you know, we, we were talking earlier about how CNN has said it 40 times now, this word that Donald just Trump yesterday, said, just I don't know yesterday. how many more today, how many more today. <laughs> right. And I mean, it's it's everywhere. So the media is playing into this and we're all playing into this and politicians are playing into this. It, it's a real shame to me that um, that as soon as one side uh, uh uh one side of the spectrum the political spectrum does something everybody reacts so angrily uh, with such furiosity and i mean yesterday uh, uh on our show i put up a post about justin trudeau getting heckled at a town hall uh where was it at, at western well yeah in western, western. yeah right and and you, you post something about trudeau and you get nothing but angry calling him a jihadist and and all of these things that really are truly irrational um, Donald Trump says things that are truly irrational. It, it, it's a remarkable time that we're living in politically. We have, and I think that these two men, uh, our prime minister and the president, are perfect examples of this. You have a man who is, has said some re- outrageous things regarding race, regarding women, and then you have a man who weeps in giving uh, official apologies. For the, and, and both sides are going to react accordingly you can't say that you can do that to women and on the other side well men don't cry when they apologize it's a remarkable time to me in that everything is so incredibly polarizing but if you and here's the thing that i find so interesting about this take every single thing that you just said about donald trump Mm -hmm. and every single thing you said about justin trudeau and flip them right so if justin trudeau were to say something that some people were to find offensive Mm -hmm. Or if Donald Trump were to make an apology that people didn't think was was politically motivated or was to, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. all the people on the other sides would complain about the exact same thing about them. In other words, you can't, whatever, there is nothing that Donald Trump could ever do. Even if there were things that was helping the United States, there's nothing he could do that would be met with applause or that's a, a claim really, from the left. Yeah. And Justin Trudeau, no matter what he does, will never be met with anything but scorn from the right. It doesn't matter what those leaders do. We've divided politically our countries so much that either one of them could cure cancer and we'd have a problem with it because we, that's what we would do because the side that is against that person hates them. That's a really good point. And I, I hadn't thought about that sort of hypothetical situation that if Justin Trudeau were to say something truly offensive like, blank countries or if if trump were to weep and apologizing for having said that would the opposite sides of the political spectrum though their opponents give them credit for it as much as we give them scorn for the things that we don't like and that's a really good question well let me flip it another way yeah uh we talked we mentioned about monica Lewinsky and bill clinton and at that time i don't know if you remember this you're you're a young man you were you were still in grade school when that happened no (laughs) i wish However, one of the things that was said at the time was that's his personal life. That's his private life. That's his, that's not that you can separate the two, the presidential and the personal stuff. Mm -hmm. If it had been the other way around, if that had been a Republican president in there, would the Democrats who were saying that's his personal life have been saying that's his personal life? There's no chance and vice versa. There is, we've created a situation now where it doesn't matter what any of our leaders do. We're so divided, I think, that 
you can't you, yeah. you're, you're 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 preaching to your choir and against the other choir all the time mm-hmm. every time mm-hmm. and the only way politics works now is you make sure you just have a few more in your choir however you get them politicians and the media have both uh have both fed into this that um we have all become so good at talking and everybody is horrible at listening. We've lost the ability to do that. 100, uh, 100% right. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. I'm going to read you something. And I'd like you to explain something to me that I do not understand. I've tried all week to understand this. But I am completely baffled by okay. this gibberish from America's next president. Or at least so we're told. Ah, here is what Oprah, part of what, now her speech was terrific when she spoke to the Golden Globes. Everyone says she has a terrific speech. All right. Let me read you a couple lines from it though. I want to thank the Hollywood, Hollywood Foreign Press Association. We know the press is under siege these days. We also know it's the insatiable dedication to undercovering the absolute truth that keeps us from turning a blind eye to corruption and to injustice. So far, so good. To tyrants and victims and secrets and lies. I want to say I value the press more than ever as we try to navigate these complicated times, which brings me to this. And again, so far, so good. But here's where it gets goofy. What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. What is your truth? Is there not truth and then untruth? What is your truth? What does that actually mean? Because if it's your truth, Ben, you could say my truth is that both you and I have afros. You just can't see them. They're invisible afros. <laughs> and, yeah. you, and who can deny that? How, what does your truth even mean? I think that uh, there may have been a typo on her script if she had She's one. She's used of, this many times before, though, I this know. saying. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really, truly do believe uh, that what Oprah means to say... Uh, she's rallying the base, and I think she says, when you speak, our truth. So for those who agree with her political bent, she's saying, go ahead and say what you want. Okay, your truth, our truth, regardless, it's not truth. It's the truth as you see it. That's right. But that's not truth. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, no. And, and, and again, this goes back to uh, the, the sort of black and white nature of of politics and opinions and everything else everything is so polarized and really i I don't think that oprah has any more tolerance uh and i think it shows i don't think she has any more tolerance or anybody who is like-minded uh with oprah winfrey politically i don't think they have any more tolerance to hear what somebody else's truth is than Someone like a Donald Trump or Roy Moore or any of those people who are being uh, persecuted, and and in some cases rightfully so, uh, I don't think they have any tolerance to hear what somebody else's truth is. Everybody's truth is truth. Uh, To say your truth, I really think, is an oxymoron right now in terms of, of... politically speaking well in every way in, in every, every way, way. Yeah. in every way I mean I, someone brought this up today because I, I was again I was looking this up to see what does anyone else use this phrase and someone was commenting on this and they brought up what I thought was a fascinating dissection of the idea of your truth and mm. they said so if someone is in court charged with pick your crime and this person used the, the example of pedophilia and they are charged with sexually assaulting a child, and they said, yes, but my truth is that this is okay. Well, no, mm-hmm. that doesn't make it okay. 
That doesn't mean because you believe that to be your truth doesn't make it acceptable by anybody else. So it's one of these sayings that I look at and I think it's not only is it ridiculous, it's almost harmful in some ways because you're basically instructing people, well, even if it's not true, if it's true to you, go there, go with that. That's good. And that's not what we should be doing. We should be looking for actual things that are true. Should we not? Uh, well, I, I don't. I think that's a little utopian. I, I think to aim for uh, you know what is true is never going to be agreed upon because truth is something that's very subjective. Um, I, I I think the term your truth carries some weight and has some value. What you feel, what you perceive, and what you think is yours. That is your truth. However, uh, you know there are. I mean, and I think pedophilia. Or uh, some of the other things that are going on in the world right now. Pick any crime. Pick any opinion, whatever. Uh, Some of those things that we, I think, as a a general rule, we can come to a consensus that those things are not acceptable. But that doesn't change what you feel in your head. It's a matter of acting out on those things. I mean, listen, if, 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 and I'm going to go back to the Trump thing again. Uh, I think it's a well-known fact that Donald Trump thinks those things. But you don't say those things. That's that's where it becomes unacceptable. Your truth is fine. Um, But in some cases, you're opening up Pandora's box to say, speak your truth. Uh, What is what is Harvey Weinstein's truth? Exactly. Right. He may argue and we haven't heard from him. He may say, look, I'm getting crapped on now, but Mm. I believed at the time this was happening, every one of these women was truly interested in a relationship of some kind with me. That is my truth. Well, that's a dangerous place to go. If we're saying now, just choose whatever the truth is that you see as being true. There are some things that just have to be true or have to not be true. Right. And, and, you know, I, I think, uh, with, in the case of Oprah Winfrey or anybody else who is saying that, I think they, uh, when they say truth, they say, speak the uh, things that are a, socially acceptable, and B, morally correct in your mind, and that everybody is going to accept as morally correct, speak those things. But don't say that. Do you know we, what I mean? We do. And we're going to yeah. keep going with this because uh, social media is actually changing, or they're saying there is at least one of the biggest social media providers. And you know what they're going to be providing? More of your truth. Yeah. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. Everybody is going to be having more of their truth because Facebook has said it is bringing in sweeping changes to what you're going to see now on your Facebook feed. What you're going to be getting is less stuff that is sort of not things you're really interested in and a lot more of things that they're saying are relevant to you, meaning stories on topics that you like, on political issues that you support. And so what is going to happen, I think, with this is that we already protect ourselves in a bubble of we listen to the things we want to listen to and hear the people we want to hear and we don't listen to dissenting views. And so we become laden with our truth and we don't like to hear other people's thoughts. Now Facebook is going to essentially make that even more for you. So if you're a liberal, you're not going to be seeing any opinions from conservatives. And if you're a conservative, you're not going to be hearing any opinions from liberals. You're only going to be fed the stuff that will support your truth. And I think this is the complete opposite of what we should be having. I think it's a horrifying precedent. And I think it's very reflective of what uh, speak your truth is. I I think uh, truth, 
truthfully. <laughs> uh, I think if you were to turn it around, uh, I think what uh, I think what Oprah is trying to say is hear your truth, as opposed to speak your truth. Express your truth. No, actually, just accept. Bathe your in truth. your truth. Bathe, Bathe in, in your what own. You want to hear precisely. And again, I mean this: it, it, the 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 entire. Uh, socio-political system right now is so polarized and so partisan. And now to take this massive platform like Facebook and to say, well, I, I don't like what you have to say. I so I can want, eliminate that. I can eliminate that. You, that doesn't even exist. It just, it divides and pushes people even further and further apart so that, uh, and, and it's, I think, reflective in the current presidency is that you wind up with very polarizing characters like a Donald Trump. And it's it comes down to a numbers game now. Well, who is listening and speaking their own truth in greater numbers is, is basically what it boils down to. And I mean, I, I wasn't even around in the 60s, but if you look back on, on, you know, the Lyndon B. Johnsons and the Nixons and the Fords and the Carters, there was so much more middle ground and, and so much more listening and so much more healthy conversation and debate where actually ideas were, were bandied about where people went, hmm, you know what, I might be wrong or you might be right. And we're eliminating that from the conversation now. It's just you're wrong, I'm right, and I don't care why you think you're right. I know in my heart this is my truth. I'm right. Well, Ronald Reagan won 49 states when he won his second election. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine there could ever be a time again when a presidential candidate could actually have that kind of cross-country, and we're talking about America, but cross-country support. It's d- California now will always be Democrat. New York will always be Democratic. Right. Texas may always be Republican. Who knows? Arizona, wherever. This is, it is so divided now. But now, I mean, I try with this show, I try to make sure I'm reading stories from all different areas of the political sphere. Mm -hmm. But there will be people, if Facebook, and we know that from the last election, because this is part of the whole thing about, well, did the Russians post ads on Facebook and all this, people get apparently a lot of their feed of their news from Facebook, which means that if you are someone who is a heavy-duty conservative, you will be... Any rep, any liberal viewpoints will be expunged from your feed. You won't see them. You it's a won't, terrifying process. You won't even know those topics, those stories, those issues exist. And so when it comes up in a presidential debate or somewhere else, you go, I don't know about that. That's stupid. That story's not real. And vice versa. You will have people who won't have any exposure to any kind of r- conservative viewpoints who will say the same things. And t- again... This seems like the opposite of what a company like Facebook or what big social media or big media companies should be doing, Mm -hmm. especially when there are companies that are positioning themselves as opinion-based places. MSNBC, we know to be very liberal. Fox Fox is conservative. But Facebook, I don't think, has officially taken a position as a as a polarizing one way or the other. That depends. Well, that it depends it, on who it, you it ask. Depends on who you ask. But, but you're, but they are now going to play that role for each individual user. I'm a conspiracy guy. And I often wonder like, what are the inner machinations in the fact that, uh, you know, old school media print broadcast, uh, that this polarization has happened. You've got Fox, you've got CNN, uh, you have people with right and left. And now, Social media, which is now the new 
the newer new school media is going the same way and it really is a terrifying prospect that and you mentioned reagan i i mean you know reagan was the great communicator they called him right 49 states and now if you look at a map you could have looked at a map of the u.s where they do the blue and the red and and cut up the st- and you know what's going to happen ahead of time ahead of time you don't even i mean it, you need to have a vote obviously for democracy and obviously because the margins are so small now yeah but by and large, you're exactly right. You know how the map is going to look when the election is over in the States. Yeah, I, 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 it, I, I'm afraid that Western democracy is in great peril, actually. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML. Uh, ben, have you, did you see this? Or you guys probably talked about this on your show. Uh, Diet Coke is now coming out with four new brands, and they're changing the shape and colors of the cans. They've got like boysen, I don't know, boysenberry and orange and... Other thing. Now, they're not being dumb enough to follow the mistake they made back in 1980-whatever when they got rid of Coke and brought the new Coke in. And mm-hmm. that was, There's still going to be Diet Coke. But here's the reason I ask you this, if you didn't bring this up, because I'm looking at this thinking, well, there's lots of orange-flavored pop, and there's lots of grape-flavored pop and everything else, and yet people are going to run out and grab this stuff just because it looks new. And it amazes me the power of marketing that they could get with beer. It's the same thing. When do, remember when Dos Equis started having their the, uh, the most interesting the most man interesting in the world. Man in the world, yes. Dos Equis beer sales went up by like ten thousand percent. I think back to the old Carling commercials. Uh, Carling came out with that that hippie. Remember it had that groovy uh, girls in yes, miniskirts that on the pop pl- do ah that thing yeah and and Carling a beer that I had never heard of. All of a sudden, that was the buzz beer that you had to drink. I am, when I saw this, I was just amazed by it because my first inclination was, I got to try that. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, well, why? It is amazing that we are so naive or, or what's the word I'm even looking for, that we'll get sucked into trying anything. If, the, if, it's, if it's the same thing, just packaged differently, we will say, I got to try that. There's too much variety in the world. I swear to God, especially when it comes to, to like consumption of food and beverage. Way too much. The chip aisle used to be, (laughs) sorry, the chip aisle used to be, I don't know, eight feet long. It is now an aisle. It it is an island unto itself. There are so many flavors and so many different things to try. And you just, you slap, I mean, if, if. I would love to blind ta- taste test. Let's take Doritos, for example. I'd love to sit somebody down with uh, a bag of uh, jalapeno, uh, sweet heat, of sweet chai, <laughs> Thai chili, whatever, and, and you tell me which one is which. It's just you slap a different label on the front of it, and all of a sudden, oh, God, i got to try that. Well, and there's, no, there's not only that, but there's nine different brands doing sour cream and onion. And yeah. depending on which, which bag looks the nicest. I know. i got to try that one. That I one know. Looks really, but here's the funny one is because over the Christmas holidays, I don't know where she found it. My wife brought home a bag of stu- like stuffing, like turkey stu- okay. stuffing-flavored chips. And the day before we had had Christmas dinner... And suddenly, because I see a bag that's got stuffing flavor, I got to try that. I know. I'm going to confess. I saw a picture of those the other day on a Facebook post on our our Facebook page over at Y108. And I went, stuffing chips? No, Swiss Chalet. When they came out with the Swiss Chalet sauce. I've had lots of Swiss Chalet sauce. Why do I need to taste it in a chip form? (laughs) And yet we rush out. We have to run to the mall or the store to get these flavors. I know. And I don't understand it. Me neither. But somehow I get sucked into it too. It's like, oh, my favorite flavor is salt and vinegar. I love salt. Wait. 
Sea salt and vinegar? Yeah, sea salt. <gasps> I gotta try that. <laughs> that must be way different. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to have like gym wrung out sweatshirt salt and chip. You know, human. There's gotta be something healthy about and the, vinegar and vinegar. Yeah, there's gotta be something healthy about human sweat salt that is gonna. We're gonna find some scientist is gonna tell us that's better for us. Wait, it's malt vinegar. Oh, <laughs> man. it's gotta be mine. Uh, you know, the other one. Uh, have you ever the chip aisle? I've noticed is often now right across from the drink aisle. Not surprisingly, of you got one side is chips. One side. Have you seen how many varieties of water there are now? Bottled water. There's got to yeah. be seventy five. And I'm looking, going. So some bottles are squarish, and some are round, and some have nice colors. You and got some your have, Fiji. You got your Evian. Oh, you've got the different shapes. You got the teardrop kind, like Perrier, and and. Uh, if you're going in there, do you not just grab the first bottle of water at the lowest price or the jug of four gallons or whatever it is and say yep. it's water, we but were, we get sucked in? We were talking about uh, there's a new app that's out that uh, you, you hook up to your phone and it comes with a bottle and the bottle blinks when you need to drink water. I'm not kidding. The bottle, like it lights up when on it's your when it, on your on your app, and the bottle itself actually lights up. It's time <laughs> to drink water. And I was saying the difference between like 2018, we have an app to remind us to drink water. In 1918, we had death. Jeez, like, <laughs> I should have had That's some right. water. Death and horrible for that horrible cramps. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you if your legs have seized up and you can't walk because you're in agony, have a drink. It's remarkable. If to it's me. 400 degrees out, have a drink. Yeah. I I just I saw this Coke thing today and I thought these people are geniuses. I'd I, love I'd love to sit in in a meeting where they go. Oh, you know what? I, you know what? Same stuff. More. Same stuff. Same stuff. Put a new label on it, and we're going to sell tons. And the cans apparently aren't going to be like pop cans. They're going to be the much more skinnier but more vertical, so they look new and somehow they look healthier or or more modern or something. So you know the Diet Coke is going to taste a lot better, right? The when old the old Diet Coke, that can was fat. That was a that was clearly, a fat can. Clearly that wasn't working. My personal <laughs> favorite is the beer, which we will not mention here, whose entire sales pitch is it's cold. There's a beer <laughs> that is sold as this is the coldest beer, and I'm like, well, you can't even advertise that. It depends on how cold you make it. But we're selling our beer as the coldest beer. And it's it even cold. has a label that changes color in the cold. Nothing about flavor, nothing about anything else. But we buy it just like we bought Dos Equis. There's cyanide in the bottom, but it's cold. <laughs> Try some of that. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8. Only on 900 CHML. Ben, uh, last night I had a, um, we had a little discussion about Hydro One now spending $15 million to redesign bills, to redesign how your hydro bill, this is not on how to deliver more power at cheaper rates to you. This is not on buying new hydro trucks so that when there's power outages, they can service you better. This is redesigning your bill so that you can presumably understand the numbers on there better. I'm trying for all the life of me to understand how it could possibly cost $15 million to do this. I'm trying to understand what I need to understand better. (laughs) Uh, I'm not looking at delivery fees or how many kilojoules or whatever. I'm looking at the number. What am I paying for my hydro? Put it in a big box and tell me that's what I owe and I have to pay it or you turn it off. 
Uh, really, do we need to redesign this? Well, at this price, they should have a team of Benedictine monks doing each person's bill by hand yes. with calligraphy. I want one of those monkeys from the Wizard of Oz to come flying through my window <laughs> to hand it to me if it's $15 million. I'm when when one of our radio stations here does a new ad campaign and redesigns an ad campaign i assure you it doesn't cost 15 million dollars we could change in this building every letterhead every sign outside every thing that has any of the branding for this station or your station or fresh and it would come to i don't know 50 grand 60 i don't know how much it would be but $15 million for a redesign of a piece of paper. All this tells me, and this is what really got to me yesterday when we were chatting about this, all that this tells me, if we're paying this much for a redesign of a bill, if we're paying this much over what it should be, we are obviously paying way more than we should be for everything else in this organization. Everything else is is, char- is costing us way more. It must be. I'm pretty confident in... in thinking, uh, or at least um, suspecting the fact that new office chairs are a part of the $15 million <laughs> budget. I, I mean, honestly, uh, it, 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 it's, it is uh, Hydro One, uh, the whole hydro system in Ontario, the, the highest paying jurisdiction in North America for hydro, they just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, I mean, $15 million to redesign a bill. Just lower the bill. And they did that. And with great pomp and circumstance, by the way, the uh, energy minister, and his name escapes me right now, but he came into the show, my show, an FM morning rock radio show, came in to talk about how your bill is going to drop by 25%. And it was all great. Uh, I... I would venture to say if I were to call him up or his office right now, and he was he was a great guy, uh, loves rock music and everything else, and we talked about bands that we like and everything else, I would venture to say if I called him up to ask him about this, he would be unavailable. It, Does it not strike you, though, that even as we're now trying to redesign bills, that most people don't even get a bill anymore because they just get it online? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're, we're, I just look at uh, where, uh, I I know I know when I haven't paid my bill when somebody calls and says we're about to turn you or off or sends you an email or send send me an email something I, I, really do I need a read I, I can understand passports and I can understand driver's licenses and security issues why we need to redesign those things and make them more high tech or uh, you know make them look better and everything else but a hydro bill like I say the one number I'm looking at what do I owe you. And when are you going to turn me off? Ben, you brought up another interesting point, though, a minute ago, and that was about trying to understand this, about what do I really need to understand. The other part of this that I would point to is if you've got a hydro bill that is so convoluted that it's not understandable, this sounds like so many other layers of government and bureaucracy and everything else where they've got their own language now or their own levels of vernacular that no one else... Talk to a doctor sometime. And tell them to talk in doctor speak. You don't have a clue what they're talking about. Talk to a police officer who's talking cop speak. They, they've never talked about having it. There's never been a car, two cars that have crashed. A car came into collision with another vehicle and <laughs> they, they have their own way of speaking. This is what's happening here. They, what they need is hire one person for 50 grand for the year. Let's, let's go crazy. A hundred grand for the year who actually is good at English. Yes. Who and speaking in layman's this, terms? Who speaks in layman's terms. Yeah. Bring one person in who can actually speak English and say, 
rewrite this bill so that other people can understand it. Yeah. And even if one person can't do it, let's have a group of 10. We'll pay you each a million dollars or each $100,000. There's a million. Yep. No, I, I, it's remarkable. And, and the, 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 you know, the more expensive that these bills get, the more uh, not only now our presentation is becoming, but I find myself like when I'm going to do laundry, what time is it? It was at seven or eight o'clock where it's going to be a little bit oh, cheaper yes, for yes. me to use. Everything becomes more and more and more complex to the point where we're just, I, I don't want to talk about hydro anymore. Yeah, I have to wear my sweater until seven. Se- right. Yes. Or take off my sweater because it's summertime. Now I can turn my air conditioning on in the evening to cool things down. The air's or... a little stale in here, but it's cold outside. But don't open the window until it was it eight or eight thirty on a Sunday. I can't. And we just get bored to death with the details where we stop paying attention. And I think that might be what the case is here. Is we're just we're being so hammered over the head with minor details that really don't matter. How much did I use? How much does it cost? What do I owe you? That's all I really need to know. And again, in the grand scheme of things, when you consider how much we're spending and wasting on hydro in this province, in this country, yeah, 15 million bucks is really an insignificant amount, except to me, it's representative of if we're blowing 15 million for this, how much are we blowing on other things? And I guarantee you that if we actually sent someone through, we'd find a lot of things going, we spend how much on what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, really? Yeah. We're, sorry. How, we're paying how much for who? What is the, the current CEO of Hydro One? What is what is that person earning? Uh, I'd be curious to know. I, I, I don't know exactly. I'm it's guessing way up there. slightly more than you and I. Um, a fraction, yes. Uh, probably little, slightly little more than almost everybody listening put together. A little bit more. Uh, but yeah, I, this bill, 15 million bucks. Uh, the only thing I can possibly hope is that that money is coming from the fact that there is better creativity and productivity by putting the designers in the space shuttle and having them design it while they're not in gravity and they're orbiting the earth or something and that makes them smart. I, I want it autographed by Paul McCartney. That's what I want. <laughs> I, seriously. You should, you should be able to choose any celebrity to have That's your right. bill autographed That's by right. now. I want a handwritten letter. I see that you owe so Paul McCartney You owe $600 for your hydro bill. That would, I would be willing to pay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, actually. I'm What's okay. your biggest bill, by the way? Ever. Biggest bill? Biggest hydro bill. Uh, I, I would love to answer that. I'm not dodging you, but since my wife does all the budgeting at home, oh, I have budgeting, okay. I have no idea. I, if, if anything happened to my wife, and I'm praying nothing ever does, I, I've got to go first because <laughs> I would have no idea where to even begin. I don't know our passwords. I don't know what bills we pay. Uh-huh. I don't know our bank account passwords or numbers to get in. I, I'm, I would be completely and utterly lost. That's a different topic for a different show. It, it yeah, is. Now, there's yeah. things that I do that, you know, help out that sure. she wouldn't know too. But as far as money goes, I'm, I am simply not entrusted with these kind of important things. One month, city of Hamilton, $1,350. No. For hydro? Two-bedroom condo, uh, Maine and Caroline. You're operating a grow-op? I was worried the police were going to knock down my door. When I called, when I called the, uh, what is it, Horizon or whatever yeah. it is, I called and I said, I'm waiting for the cops to show up at the door because they're going to think I'm running a grow-op. But I had, a, I had an electric furnace, four-stair electric furnace, 
and we could not figure out. I, I tried shutting breakers off. Like, am I running the, the parking lights out in the parking lot? What's going on here? $1,350 for one month. We had a grow up across the street from us. Oh, yeah? Several years ago. And they showed us how much power was being sucked out of that home. That's how they actually got busted, I'm told. Yeah. Is because they tapped into the main hydro line to run all their hydro and weren't smart enough, not that criminals are generally Mensa members, they weren't smart enough to leave any of the power running through the meter. So when oh. the police drove by and saw lights on in the house, but the meter was registering a zero, search warrant, boom, there you go. No kidding. But- for thirteen hundred bucks, you should be having one heck of a grow up going. Thirteen hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I know. I, like I should be running a Pink Floyd concert. Thirteen hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> it was. I and I mean that was that was. It was three winters ago, and there were a series of of three bills that I got. One came in. It was eleven. And I thought, oh my gosh, what's happened? And then I asked the, because I was renting at the time, I asked the landlord, what's going on here? I have no idea. And then the next one came in, it was 12. And then February's came in at 1350. And I moved. You should have recognized something was wrong when entire flocks of flamingos have set up on your front lawn. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And palm trees are growing outside in the middle of February. Incredible. Oh, well, 15 million bucks. So um, expect to see some of that popping up on your hydro bill. Not now, of course, because we're getting a 25% cut, but in three or four years when that passes and now the next provincial election goes by and whoever gets the government seat Mm. and now has a giant time bomb ready to go off because suddenly hydro bills are going to go... And yeah. they're going to be, and that government's going to be the one having to explain it. I'm curious to find out if on this redesigned bill, uh, will it display, uh, will there be a box that displays how much I'm paying towards the 15 million, sorry, the 15 million to redesign the bill? How much I, of my bill is compromised or is, is comprised of paying for this new bill? I doubt it, but that would be actually a really, really good thing to have on there. Sure it would. The new, if the liberals don't win the next election... Conservatives or NGP should come in and say, here's what your bill would have been. Had we not redesigned the bill. Here's what the, all the things that were done by the previous government costs your bill now. Uh, I don't see that happening, but boy, that would be interesting. You're listening to the Scott Radley show. Weeknights from six to eight only on 900 CHML. This is a story that I have wanted to talk about for a few weeks. We haven't got around to it. And it's a tricky one because I can understand both sides of this, but there is a policy, or at least there has been a policy for some time now, as I understand it, in the um, transplant, medical transplant world, that if you're getting a transplant for a liver or a kidney, things where if you drink alcohol, you could affect those things, you are required to be dry for six months Mm -hmm. before they give you one of those. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't, you don't get your transplant when the turn comes up. Now, this has become a huge fight. There is a, a woman in Ottawa who has been fighting this, saying, I should not have to have this wait. It doesn't matter that it hasn't been exactly six months. It's, it's unfair. It's whatever else. Uh, I don't think she is currently, as I understand, I don't think she's currently boozing, but I just, it hasn't, I guess, been the full six months. Mm-hmm. Do you see the point of this? Do you see, do you understand why, first of all, they would want you to not drink for six months before you have a transplant of those organs? Yes. 
Yeah, honestly, I do. Uh, because, um, I mean, if, if you're going, because it is so hard to uh, get these organs, to harvest them, to make matches, a great deal of work goes into transporting them, getting them there on time, putting them in. If you're giving that organ, uh, and given the choice of the two, to somebody who you know uh, is not abusing substances of some kind, and they're going to... Uh, treat it right. Uh, treat it right. Treat it with respect. Uh, I would sooner give it to that person than to give it to somebody who's just trying to buy a few more months so they can buy a few more beers. Uh, and I mean, that may sound insensitive, uh, but yeah, I mean... Uh, but but uh, flip it around. If, I'm, if, if it's me, if I were to die in a car accident on my way home today and yes. I was to donate my organs, my family would want my last gift to whomever to be used by somebody who is going to treat that as you say, with respect. And so it's going to last. I don't want to have my last thing, my last donation, my last gift just be taken for granted. It's a really funny thing. And I, um, recently, uh, a friend of mine lost a son and, uh, uh, he had cystic fibrosis and, um, there was a great deal of concern because his liver had failed and there was a great, uh, there, there was, uh, they, they were told like his, chances of survival because of CF are not good. And so it's unlikely that he's going to be chosen to get an organ. And then they did find him a liver and he was flown from McMaster uh, all the way to University Hospital in London. And unfortunately his liver failed to the point and everything else shut down. And it, it's a horrible story. But um, it then came time to them to uh, decide what to do with his remaining organs that were still in working order. So I, I, this is a, a, a long story short. I often wonder, I mean, if, if your, your organ were to go, I'm going to throw a hypothetical. If your organ were to go, because you were saying uh, your family would want it to go to someone who is going to respect the organ and is going to live a long life. If your organ were to go to somebody, uh, say your liver, were to go to someone uh, who had a drinking problem, but was a benevolent, gregarious, wonderful person. Or it was going to go to a complete jackass who was led, dry. Was dry. What would the What would your choice be? Ah, uh, you know, and wow, what a uh, yeah. That I mean, it, that's a really difficult question. It's an interesting question, and I mean, I was asking the mom of this kid, uh, who we're very good friends with. Uh, you know, would you ever want to meet? Let's say they they take his heart. And uh, would you ever want to meet the person who got the heart? And she said, yeah, well, you know, and, and I mean, it was all so sudden and she wasn't quite sure. But I'm thinking to myself, geez, if, if I were to lose a family member and they had donated their heart and I was somewhere down the road to meet the person who got that heart, what if that person was a real jerk? But I would still, <laughs> now that I've had 10 seconds to think about the answer, I think I would still prefer that the heart go to the jerk. On the hopes yeah. that when they get a second chance at life that they would turn around mm. rather than mm -hmm. someone who is going to take that organ and potentially abuse it again yeah. and it's gone. I, I think that's the logical answer, I do. And the, the tricky part with this, the tricky part with this particular story is that the person who is at the center of this is experiencing acute organ failure. So they are in a... They're in a bind. They need this organ now, yeah. but they haven't done the six months of waiting that is prescribed or generally has been prescribed. I, 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 
On the other end of it, too, I, I, I mean, I, I, if but I, the, if she's been dry for four months, let's say, and has right. shown no inclination, and you're in acute liver failure, I could see making an exception, maybe. Although, surely the six month thing, it must have some kind of thought process behind it that that's the point when you've passed the likelihood to reoffend or re redrink. Was that a word? I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Relapse to, to pick it back up to relapse. Um, the other thing that we have to consider, though, here, too, and, and I really don't know where I stand on this, but looking from both sides, I, you know, for all those years that you smoke or drink or whatever, you're aware of the fact that what you're doing is eventually going to kill you. Well, breathing is eventually going to kill. We sure. all die. But I but mean, the likelihood but you're speeding the process. Up. You, the likelihood if you're of drinking yeah. a lot of booze or smoking a pack a day. You know, that's coming. You know it. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there really is a point to saying, "Well, I've been dry for four months, so I should. Why should I have to wait another two? You spent all those years drinking. You spent all those years smoking, knowing full well that eventually this is going to happen. And and you're rolling the dice. That's the chance you took. You enjoyed that time of doing whatever it was you were doing. Now you're paying the price. Let me put it even more harshly. If you have done that, should you even be allowed to be on the list for a transplant? Because there's a lot of people who have not done that, who have lived a life taking care of the organ, but for whatever reason, theirs has failed. Should they go to the front of the line rather than someone who's abused their own and led to that problem? No, I'm going to say back of the line. Uh, And, you know, if, if, if by some miracle... Uh, you know, through matches of blood types, and there's so many equations that go into matching up organs and, and harvesting them and donating them. If by some miracle there's one there for you, then great, by all means. And you get that second kick at the can and maybe clean your life up, that's great. But if you have consciously spent all that time abusing yourself, your body, your physical body, abusing yourself, no matter whether you're a good guy or not. And I get, maybe I'm answering my own question, whether you're a good person or not, you knowingly did that. I'm sorry. Now in this particular case that has been in the news, it gets trickier again, not that it wasn't tricky already because the woman who is at the center of this apparently is a lovely person. She received Amnesty International's Ambassador of Conscience Award this year for working on missing and murdered Aboriginal women. Oh, wow. Uh, she is apparently a lovely person, <laughs> but again, has not fulfilled the restriction or the qualification the that you be yeah. dry for six months, that you not have any alcohol. And... That goes back to the question I had, right? I, you know, uh, let's, geez. Uh. See, I could look at this particular person with her background now and with her attitude and the things she's done, and I could say, I could believe, you could convince me very easily that she will be one of the ones who will not go back to drinking again. She seems to be, right. from what we hear, one of those maybe exceptions who it's only been four months, but I could see her, you know, keeping on the yeah, right path. yeah. But, but then what about the next person? You say, well, she, there are rules for rules reasons. I just don't know if always rules Whatever, are the right rules. Yeah, right. No, no, I know. It, it is, it is such a murky topic because I mean, she could get this organ if we were to uh, ignore this four months instead of six months, she could get that organ and continue to do the, the great uh, work that she's doing, uh, obviously is making a very positive contribution to humanity, um, but she didn't go six months. She only went four. And then you find out that the organ that she would have gotten goes to somebody who goes on to be a domestic abuser or something. Do you know what I mean? 
who, who has lived a very healthy lifestyle. It's a very cloudy, it is a really cloudy question. But logically speaking, you have to, I don't know, leading up to where you're in need of that organ, if you have knowingly destroyed the one that you have, knowingly done that, there's no disorder, there's no... Uh, missing chromosome there's no genetic disorder there's no you know you, you got dealt a bad card and you have some sort of disorder if you have knowingly damaged yourself then boy oh boy i don't know well then there's uh, then you know there's the case of mickey mantle and i was just looking it up as you were talking there because yeah. mickey mantle had a liver transplant he had drank himself into yeah Basically oblivion. And I can't remember if the story, and I can't find it right now, if the story was that he went back and drank again after he got the transplant. I know he had cancer afterwards. They were giving him chemotherapy, which basically blew all of his organs apart. Because, And you say, well, should we be, if someone's got a secondary illness, should they, if there's a chance that we're going to have to give them chemo or something, why are we transplanting an organ that's just going to get obliterated by the drugs and everything else? Yeah. I I just, I find this thing so interesting because I have great sympathy for this woman. I have great, she's got acute liver failure. She needs to have a liver. She sounds like a very lovely person. She is in medical distress if she doesn't get it. But if I am another person who is also waiting on the list and have done everything according to the rules they've asked me to, and she gets it ahead of me and we were assuming we're the same donor match, mm-hmm. how is that fair? It, it, it really is interesting. And I, I'm thinking back at my whole thought process since we started this segment talking about this, that, you know, you had would, you would told me the situation and I went, well, geez, at first, well, what if the person it turns out to be a really bad person, they're healthy, they get the organ, and then, and, and then I turned around and went, well, geez, you know, if you did all the damage to yourself, then you have to pay the piper. And then, because I didn't know what her work is, that she's done work for Aboriginal women, then I turn around in my head and go, oh, well, no, she should get the organ. It is such a, it's such a cloudy situation. It really is. I would love to know what, uh, what those of you out there listening think about this. Send me an email, radley at 900chml.com. Would you, for a good person, a person who seems to be doing better or doing the right thing, would you change the rule? Would you say, no, you don't have to wait the six months. We we're, we trust you. We think you're on the right mm-hmm. track. Would you waive the six-month wait period for an organ, assuming there are other people who could possibly use it? Or would you say, no, rules are rules. You got to prove that you're dry so you're not going to slip back and relapse into alcohol again. So you got to wait. What would you do? Radley at 900chml.com. Send me a quick note. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from 6 to 8, only on 900 CHML. So, neither you nor I are going to fall into this category. However, there is a new... Gorgeous hair? Uh, yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a new app that has just been written about. You can read about this right now online at uh, Global News. Uh, the story came out this afternoon at 2.11 p.m. A new app called Legal Fling. Legal Fling. Okay. And how this thing works is that if you are someone who happens to be of the persuasion that you are going to hook up with someone and have a casual little uh, tut, 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 Mm -hmm. prior to getting down to business, you get home and you pull out your iPhones and you each log into Legal Fling. Oh, no. 
And this will now give you a series, apparently, of things you can check off to acknowledge that, A, yes, you have consent, and it's consent for this, and for this, and for this, and for this. And then once you have established all things, you can each hit the consent. So you now have, in the event that somebody later disagrees, you at least have a semi-legal, semi-binding thing that would say, but hey, Ben, at least you told me it was fine, or I told you that wasn't fine. So how do you think this is going to work? You think this is going to catch on and really take off that it singles bars all over the place? You're going to see people with their phones out saying, okay, so I'm good for, okay, yeah, I'm okay with that. And no, I don't like that particular part. Don't do that. And, you know, seven hours later, after the lawyers have left, you're all ready to, you know, you know. How do you think that's going to go? I'm, you know something? <laughs> I am sure that there will be some use for this and some success to it. But I'm sorry. As someone who has had a one-night stand or two in his life, you have just taken the whole essence of the one-night stand and thrown it out the window. A one-night stand's a one-night stand. There's the, 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 the adventure and the just throwing caution to the wind and just doing what you do. And I'm not advocating it. But, I mean, the whole notion behind, hey, I like you, and a one-night stand, that's what it's all about. If you start signing legal documents, well, let me get my people in touch with your people, and we'll talk about uh, what position we're going to have and where we're going to meet in the morning, and if I have to call you again. It, no, that is not a one-night stand. You don't think that singles bars, if there are, are there sing, still singles bars? There really aren't that kind. I mean. No. But they shouldn't have, like, teams of lawyers on retainer no. waiting there with legal documents. So I, as you leave, you can just, real quick, it's only going to take 10 minutes, and we can go through through this and make sure you're all good with it. I feel so strongly about this. I am against marriages with prenuptial agreements. I think if you're going to enter into the marital contract that you do so because you are emotionally invested and madly in love. Call me a hopeless romantic. If you're entering a one-night stand with a prenup, you have a problem. Honestly, uh, there's there's something just genuinely that just does not jive. Just to add uh, some of the other details that can be included in legal fling. Yeah, please tell me. Uh, which I and now I didn't check for a variety of reasons. I didn't actually go on my phone or the app store before coming. <laughs> For a variety of reasons. Uh, number one, even though this is for research, I don't want my wife accidentally yeah. picking up my phone today. I was going to say, number one, you're married. Yeah, I yeah. don't want her by accident. And she goes, uh, what's this? Yeah. It was research. Honest, it was research. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the contracts can also include privacy agreements for videos and photos. So you can lay down the ground rules about what can be uh, recorded. Okay, so let me tackle that one first. Can you not just say when you're getting together with said person, make sure I, I we're not hiring a photographer this we're evening we're not hiring a photographer <laughs> your phone's not running but i mean all of these things yes uh, uh, when you used to have one night stands there was no such thing as a hidden camera in the corner but i mean this is the risk you take you're take it is a risk to have a one night stand uh, there is a, a checkoff box to agree the other person is without stds although i don't really know that uh I mean, at a certain point, if the person is going to be engaging in such behavior, I'm not sure that you're going to trust them or not trust them. They either do or they don't. Right. If they tell you, I don't, and they do, it's a what, do you, what do you do about it at that point? A one night stand is a leap of faith. And by the way, you know, take the precautions that we've always taken when it comes to STDs. Just be safe. 
Here's the quote from the company. Uh, Sex should be fun and safe, but nowadays a lot of things can go wrong. While you're protected by law, litigating any offenses through court is nearly impossible. In reality, legal fling creates a legally binding agreement, which means any offense is a breach of contract. Now we're starting to get into an area where it almost sounds like prostitution. Yeah. I mean, when you start talking about contracts. Yes. It is. um, And, you know, like I, I, I... this sounds like Lionel Hutz on The Simpsons. This sounds like ambulance chasing lawyers to me. I, to, to be absolutely honest, I really do believe that if you're if and listen, the the one night stand goes back a long, long time. Many of us have done it. Uh, I have, and I, to, just in my opinion, in my humble opinion, if you're going to have a one night stand, there are inherent risks, and you take those, and that's the end of the story. Yeah, getting, uh, I, getting the legalese involved. Maybe you feel a different way, Scott. I don't know, but no, getting, I just, I just, this to me sounds just like it is. Uh, it's taking the same level of everything now is with lawyers involved. Yeah. Everything is with lawyers involved. The land and, of litigation. And I don't. And I, I mean, I truly find it hard to believe, even if you both clicked all the boxes and followed all the rules and everything else that if someone the next morning decides that something had gone askew or whatever, I find it very hard to believe this is going to hold up in court. Oh, but we checked off the boxes on our iPhones. And not, just situationally speaking, one night stands are usually steamy and passionate and erotic and they're wonderful. Can you imagine... Just imagine if you were to have a one night stand and things are getting heavy and you know what's going to happen. Oh, hang on. I can can you just tap your phone up against mine? That totally kills it. I, might see, as well just say, hang on. I got to call my mom. Uh, just give me one sec. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's phones that tap up against each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new part, though. Could you check this box, please, for me before we go? Eh, just nah, nah. The Scott Radley Show. The Scott Radley Show. Weeknights from six to eight on nine hundred CHML.